who am I and how do I fit into all of this and how do I reach for the very best version of myself where I'm planted right now. You're listening to Take It Personally, a podcast about the personal side of business and the art of standing out. I am so excited today to have Emily Rushell on the podcast. Emily and I are doing a bit of a podcast swap because she recently launched her own podcast, Gather and Growth. And um, we had connected on Instagram. We were actually trying to figure this out. I don't know when we originally connected. It feels like we've been friends for a long time. Um, And then once we realized we both have podcasts, we were like, oh, we should do an interview swap. So this is part of that. And then I was on Emily's podcast as well. But I have loved watching Emily's, um, her, her essentially brand kind of evolve over the past um, year, couple of years, because she went from um, teaching to like a more corporate position. And now she is, um, she has her own online business and um, works specifically with rural women to cultivate personal and professional growth. And she does this with like high level masterminds, retreats, coaching, public speaking, digital content challenges, her podcast. So her business is just, it's absolutely fascinating. And I love that she has kind of taken all of the different parts of her path thus far and created this business that feels like such an extension of herself. And we talk about this a bit in the episode, but she really created something that she wished that she would have had uh, a couple of years ago, which I think is how so many businesses start. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Emily Rushell. Emily, thank you so much for joining me today on Take It Personally. Do you like that? <laughs> I needed a pause. I lo- this happens on every podcast episode, no matter who it is. It's like, the, okay, well, well, let's get started. Okay, welcome back to the show. <laughs> like we all like flip a switch. <laughs> like we've been talking for 10 minutes, but let's pretend we haven't been talking for 10 minutes. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I'm really excited you're here. So for those who are tuning in and maybe don't know who you are, can you give us a little introduction? Absolutely. Hi, guys. So excited to be here. My name is Emily Rushell. I live in West Central Illinois with my husband and our two kids on his family farm. We grow corn and soybeans, cover crops, like I said, a few farm kids, that whole shebang. I did not grow up in agriculture, but I like to say farms don't move, so people do. So that's how I ended up here. Professionally, I'm an elementary school teacher. I was a fourth grade teacher for five years before I left the classroom in 2017. I spent a few years in the nonprofit space. I was the senior program director for our local YMCA, which immediately was part of my wheelhouse because I was working with kids and families, which I was very comfortable with. But because I was at a small rural branch, I also learned the ins and outs of HR and marketing and running a budget and all of these things I would have never had the opportunity to do in the classroom. And that's what really opened up my eyes to the possibility of being a business owner, which is what I am now. During my time at the Y, I also went through a really transformational health and personal growth journey. And kind of on the tail end of that, I started sharing online with the intention of connecting with other farm wives and women in rural communities who were also interested in personal growth and just the kind of things I was experiencing, training for a half marathon, digging into different books, looking at the way that I was parenting, 
And so I just started sharing. And I know it sounds so cliche to say, but one thing led to another. And suddenly my community was growing. I was starting to do all of these different things and really feeling a pull to serve these kind of women in a different way. Every career I've ever had has been very service oriented. Um, I think that's pretty common with teachers. We go into it just wanting to help people and use our gifts to change the world. And so one year ago, last month, I left my job, uh, my nine to five at the Y, stepped into the crazy world of entrepreneurship and my entire platform and brand serves rural women who are investing in their personal and professional growth. So at this point, I facilitate a habit challenge called You Do You 82, which I think we're going to talk a little bit more about today. Um, I facilitate some masterminds for rural women hosting my first retreat, and I've been doing a lot of public speaking. So it's been a wild ride, and I just really feel like I'm where I'm meant to be in this season, which is very oh, exciting. That's the best feeling. The best oh, feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just crazy. It's like all of these, so many people are like, oh, well, do you regret going to school for teaching? Like, because you're not doing that. And I'm like, but I am. I am a teacher when I'm going and facilitating workshops or when I'm recording for the podcast or even sharing on social media. Like, I'm synthesizing this information that I've learned and, you know, reconfiguring it in a way that makes sense to the women that I'm talking to. Like, that's exactly what I did in the classroom. I am facilitating conversations in masterminds, much like I would do with my students. And so I think it's just really interesting how the things that we do, and I actually talked about this the other day on my show. I don't yes. know which, which episode's coming out first, but how, <laughs> how all of the things that we do give us the skills and tools that we need for what we're eventually going to step into. Yeah, totally. And yeah, you, you mentioned it, but we talked about this. I was a guest on Emily's podcast and I'm, I'm not sure which, <laughs> which will go live first, but, um, Who knows? but yes, we had the same conversation of like, there's, there are, you know, things that are happening that can often feel like the messy middle. And then you get to a point and you're like, oh, dang, that needed to happen for mm -hmm. me to be in this place that I'm at today, which is really cool. Absolutely. So one of the things that I've always found really fascinating about your brand is that you are speaking specifically to rural women. Can you talk a little bit about why that was a really important differentiator for you and why you felt like that audience was who you needed to be talking to? Mm -hmm. I think so often we create what we crave. So I think about myself, um, you know, moving back to the farm six years ago, I think, and not knowing a single person in my husband's hometown, other than people I'd been semi-introduced to in visits back, but not really having any relationships outside of my in-laws, who are great, but, um, you know, and just trying to figure out what it means to not only exist in the space my husband has lived his whole life, my new role as a farm wife, and also just trying to figure out who I was in this in the system of people who all seem to know each other and know each other's backgrounds mm -hmm. and stories, while also adjusting to the fact that we are 45 minutes away from where we go to get groceries and, you know, doctor's appointments and all of that. And so it took a lot of growth on my part to just even figure out how I fit into this world and also my world outside of everything I'd ever known. You know, we go through elementary school and then middle school and the high school and the college. Right after college, I met my husband and he was coming out of the military and into his undergrads. So we were kind of going through his college years. So then it's like, 
okay, now who am I even in this, in this world Mm. outside of that? And so there was just a whole learning curve that went with that. And then the career transitions I was going through. And then, like I said, I went through this, this personal growth and health journey. And at that time I had started following different like farm wives on Instagram. I think that was kind of the height of like farm influencing starting to take off. And I saw so much of myself and their stories, and it really helped me take ownership of what our operation looked like and how my role on that fit into the bigger picture. But I just kept feeling like the conversations I was having with the people around me weren't necessarily the same as some of the ones that I had been seeking online in other like personal growth related Facebook groups or communities. So I just kept thinking, I can't be the only person who lives in the middle of nowhere and loves this life so deeply. Like I love that our house is surrounded by cornfields. I love, you know, hopping in the combine during harvest. I love it. But I also had this like unsettled feeling of, I feel like I'm made for for more than just showing up, going through the motions, um, living into these roles and expectations that I feel like everyone else is putting on me, or maybe I'm even putting on myself. Like I know that I'm made for impact and I can't be the only one that feels that way. And so, like I said, I just started sharing and connecting and building relationships. And I don't know that it was necessarily even a choice so much as I was just trying to find more people like me. Totally. Yeah, I think you're spot on. We oftentimes are, I love how you said it, creating what we crave. I think um, I, I talk a lot about personal branding and I, when when my clients are trying to figure out what their personal brand is, what their brand is, a lot of the time we start with who are you helping? And that's very often the you from five years ago, 10 years mm-hmm. ago. Like, what did you need? What did you want? What do you wish you knew? For sure. Yeah. And that just that feeling of who am I and how do I fit into all this? And how do I reach for the very best version of myself where I'm planted right now? I think it's really common in a lot of small towns and rural communities to think, well, if I want to do something with my life, and I use like air quotes for that, then I need to leave. I got to go to the city. I got to go be around more people. Like this rural lifestyle in my big dreams, there's there's no intersection between that. And the reality is because of the the age of technology we live in, we can chase the biggest dreams possible right here on the farm. Yeah. And I just see a collective awakening of um, women specifically, because that's primarily who I interact with, who are really starting to turn inward and ask, what do I really want? And how do my goals and dreams and passion and physical health and mental health and emotional health fit into the the bigger picture of my family or the farm or this lifestyle that we've created out here in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. Okay. So a big part of how you kind of started sharing more of this online was your own personal health journey that was like 2019-ish. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I I had, um, I would say like a pretty transformational year when it came to my physical health last year. And so I'm really excited to talk about this and like the different habits that you kind of have in place and um, how this started for you. But let's start there. What kind of started this personal health journey for you? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this question. Um, So I think back to a moment that was late August, like you said, 2019. And I was six months postpartum with my daughter, our second. So I had a two-year-old and a six-month-old. My first day back to work after maternity leave was our staff training for the summer camp that I was responsible for. So I had like 10 to 15 staff, over 100 campers, 
for 11 weeks out of the summer. So one week of staff training, then 11 weeks of summer camp. And typically my summer camp weeks were 60 hours minimum, just because there was physically so much to do, like the camp day itself, getting ready for the next day, communicating with parents, nurturing my staff, all of this. So I'm doing this high volume, very physically and emotionally draining work with a two-year-old and a six-month-old. I'm pumping, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, seven to eight times a day and still not producing enough, which is crushing, you know? So I'm trying to figure this out. I'm so lucky to have some friends who give me some milk because of course, when your supply drops, it's also when baby goes through like the biggest growth spurt ever and is like chugging like a frat boy, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I had, it was like the week maybe or so after camp and I remember sitting on the couch and I had probably just lost my patience or something. And I just remember sitting there feeling like so empty inside, like I am taking care of so many other people. I am putting everything else before me, um, which I think is a very common thing that we do. You know, we internalize all the needs of other people, especially when we're helpers and when we have young kids and when we are physically, you know, nurturing our babies. But I just got to a breaking point where I'm like, I have no energy. I'm frustrated all the time. I'm completely burned out. I'm stressed to the max. Like, I'm going through the motions at best. I don't even recognize myself. This is not what I imagined my life was going to look like. And I was, something's got to change. Like something has got to be different. And for whatever stars that aligned, it also happened to be the time that I felt like, um, like podcasts or personal growth related things just kept getting like dumped in my lap. Like I'd see the same post over and over again and be like, who is this, this person? And I don't know. It was just like everything fell into place at once. And I'm like, I need to make a change, but I cannot do this the way that I have before. I think a lot of us growing up at the time that we did have the story of like, oh, I'm going to elliptical myself skinny. And, oh God, I'm yeah. like, like, this story is my story. I'm oh my like, gosh. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so it's like, I, I cannot put myself, I think also having a daughter maybe ignited some of that. Yeah. Like, I cannot hate myself into feeling better anymore. I cannot shame myself into being a different version of myself and expect a result that's actually going to make me feel good. And so I think it was a combination of happening to hear the right messages at the right time and also a very personal decision where I'm like, I don't know what this looks like, but I need to seek a different way. And for the first time in my life, I started taking care of myself from a place of love And from a place of, I just want to feel better. I want to move in a way that makes me feel healthy and strong. I am not focused on weight loss or fitting into a certain size pants. Like I was, you know, postpartum. I don't care at this point. I just want to feel better. Right. But it was, I I went back to, to work the day after Labor Day and just, I started taking group exercise classes. I started running, which I was the opposite of a runner. And, um, one of my friends at work really got me into, you know, going from barely running a mile to running a half marathon. And it was just like, the biggest piece of it is I started working on my mindset and I started investing in my personal growth along the way, started reading books that I had in a genre I had never even heard of before. I started listening to podcasts for the first time. I literally remember the first time I listened to a podcast. It was raining outside and I was getting ready and it was a Rachel Hollis podcast. And I'm like, what is this world of podcasting? (laughs) The irony is now we're sitting here like both hosting shows, but it was just like, 
and I just went all in because I was so desperate to feel better and to really love myself through the process. And, you know, that's what taught me about goal setting. And like I said, just like reevaluating what I felt like was possible for myself. Yeah. And that's when, I mean, that was like a defining moment in my life. Everything changed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love what you said about having that moment of realizing like you're, you can't hate yourself to personal growth, whatever that is. Right. I think that, I mean, spot on the, the time where, where we grew up, that was, that was the message. It was do this because you're not enough as you are. And now I, I do think that there's kind of this awakening happening because of people like you who are kind of guiding us and saying like, no, you, you are, you are perfect as you are. You are whole, you are this like phenomenal human being. And it's also okay to want more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's such an interesting like intersection between the two is like, you are 1000% enough as you are today, but it is also okay to know that you're meant for uh, not even different, but a more elevated version of yourself. Like you're meant to take care of yourself in a way that makes you feel good. You're meant to chase the dreams that feel scary to say out loud. And it doesn't negate your enoughness today, but you're allowed to invest in you and put you first. And that really does spill out into people around us. So often we think, oh, if I do this and I'm being selfish, if I go on the run, I'm, my kids are suffering. If I, if I start the business, like, it's going to affect our family in a bad way. And while there can be space for that, it's also, you know, when your cup runneth over, gosh, that sounds like a bumper sticker, but like you really do spill out into the people around you. And so that like, I'm going to take care of me first mentality is sometimes actually one of the most selfless things that you can do because it means you're able to show up at such a better capacity. Totally. One of the areas where I really struggle when it comes to personal growth is that I um, <laughs> I feel like in the world of personal growth, everybody's talking about morning routines and mm-hmm. I get it, but I'm like, I'm so not a morning person. And like, that's something that I've always really struggled with. And I would love to know, because uh, I know this is something that you kind of started to establish for yourself. Mm-hmm. So like, what did that journey look like for you? Um, have you like always been a morning person and had this like great habit? that you do every single day or what did that look like? Yeah. Oh no. That first of all, I'll preface, I uh, have not always been a morning person. I was definitely more of a stay up as late as humanly possible and drag myself out the door and hope for the best and also be late and just say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Like, gosh, even as a teacher, I, and Andrew actually reminded me of this the other day when I was doing my makeup, I used to do my makeup in the car while driving to school because I was that late. Oh my gosh. I still made time to get a fountain soda along the way, but I did my makeup in the car. <laughs> mascara last thing in the parking lot because mascara very hard to do while driving. But like, what? I was that like out of tune with my schedule that I was literally doing my makeup in the car like crazy. So no, I have not always been that way. That was part of a very intentional choice. Um, that that fall of 2019, I was I was doing a, a specific challenge that part of the requirement for it was getting up an hour earlier than usual. And that was not my natural inclination at all. And I also had what a six to nine month old in that season, but I just really approached it with a, I'm going to do this and there's no other option. 
And I'm going to give myself grace when it doesn't go the way that I expect it to. Because so often I think we start anything and we're like, I have to do this perfect. Like, hello to my fellow Enneagram 3 achievers. We want the gold star. And if we don't do it perfectly, we feel like we shouldn't do it at all because it's just more evidence for the reasons we're not enough, right? I'm just going to throw up this piece of paper, put it in the trash and pretend like I never tried it. Mm -hmm. But for the first time, I also started approaching anything that I was doing, any habit that I was building from a place of of grace of I'm going to show up every day. And if it doesn't go the way I think it's going to, I'm going to try again, you know? And a lot of times, even now, my daughter is awake with me during this time that's supposed to be my alone time. But my kids know that I'm doing my journal, I'm going to work out, and they're going to watch Disney Plus, and I don't feel an ounce of sorry for that. <laughs> like, that's fine. And some days it's not going to go according to plan. And that's also okay, too. That's yeah. life in general, especially life as a mom. So... um to answer your question, no, it definitely didn't come naturally. It was a choice. And I think it's also really interesting as we record this today, because throughout the course of my summer this year in present time, 2022, I actually fell away from a lot of my morning routine. Mm. I took on a lot this summer. I launched a podcast. I launched my website. I launched a retreat. I was doing six masterminds. I just really stretched my capacity And a lot of these habits that I worked really hard to build didn't flow along with that. And it's, it's so interesting when you're in the space of talking about things like this, because it's like, on one hand, I know all of the tools to like help get me back on, you know, on track. I put that in quotes because what does on track even mean? We're all just on a journey of life. Um, But then I was also struggling with it. So it's given me a really interesting perspective of what it means to, um, I don't even want to say get back to habits because I think like there is also a level of what do I need to reevaluate and what's serving me in this season now and what do I need going forward? Because what we also hold ourselves to not only the standard of where we wish we were, so often we hold ourselves to a standard of where we've been in the past. Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, before I had kids or, you know, back in 2019, I was able to just go run 13 miles for fun. Why can't I do that today? Like, gosh, Emily, why do you suck? You used to not suck so much. And it's like, that's not any more beneficial <laughs> than anything. But I, uh, I, uh, I don't know. So I'm in the process of rebuilding that. And I'm about uh, a couple weeks into that. And it, it really does already feel so much better. But gosh, I know the feeling of having the alarm go off and be like, but I just don't want to. <laughs> Totally. And I think that that's the interesting thing about any sort of routine or habit is I had this perception that if I did it long enough, I would like, I don't know. I don't know if this is the right phrase, but that I would like want to do it, that Mm -hmm. I would like be, that I would be motivated every single day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what is interesting is that it really has nothing to do with my motivation. My mo- at at eight thirty in the morning, my motivation is rarely there. Eight seven thirty, mm-hmm. whatever. Like the motivation is not there. It's relying more on the discipline of mm-hmm. like I know I will feel better. Mm-hmm. I know that my morning will run smoother. But like motivation, yeah, no, that doesn't. That's yeah, not no, it's not. It's not. And when we wait to feel motivated, we're never going to feel motivated. Oh. The truth is that motivation comes with discipline and intentionality. Uh, It's like, that's what gets the ball rolling. And then you do, your body remembers how it feels. So it it does want to continue that process, but it's not like you build the habit and it's there forever. There is science behind like when you are consistent with it, it does get 
more a part of who you are, that you don't have to try so hard or think so hard, but just as easily you can slip out of it, which is what has happened to me over the past couple of months. It's like, well, I missed one day and that's, that's fine. Give myself grace. Well, then I missed the second day. And then three days later, I'm like, gosh, this is even harder than it used to be, (laughs) you know? And so like deconstructing habits, um, it happens just as, as intentionally as building habits. So yeah. So I feel like I'm in an interesting place to talk about this right now. Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about your five morning habits that kind of Mm -hmm. set you up for success that you're trying to get back into Mm -hmm. now. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. So definitely one um, that I think is so powerful is trying to get up before the people in your house get up. For some people, that's an hour. For some people, that doesn't even make sense. So whether it's 15 minutes or 30 minutes, 45 minutes, two hours, if you can, I don't know. But just using that time to not wake up and scroll Instagram uh, or get stuck in the trap of TikTok or immediately start replying to emails, but to get up and do something that intentionally takes care of you, whether that's a workout, whether that's Um, you know, reading or journaling or going on a walk or just sitting in silence and enjoying your coffee. Because when, you know, the people in your house before you are waking you up, you're immediately on the defense. And even if you're listening to this and you live alone, um, I want you to think about like getting up before you have to, because if you're getting up, like I used to, (laughs) back in my years of teaching at the very last second, And then scrambling to get out the door, doing your makeup in the car on the way to work, like you are already putting yourself in stress defensive mode. You are not setting yourself up for like the right headspace for the day. So definitely uh, getting up in advance um, does make a difference. And I'm not saying it's easy. It does get easier, but it comes with intentionality. Another thing that is really impactful for me has been journaling especially when I think back to 2019 and really everything that's happened since. And I take a very simple approach to journaling. I have tried to be the kind of person that like opens my journal and it's like, and yesterday I felt like this and I'm feeling that because, and that I try, I just, it's not me. It's just not. So I keep it very simple. I um, record gratitude every morning. I started with five things. Now I'm up to 10. And the trick on that is they have to be very specific things that have happened in the last 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're grateful for our house and our health and our family. That's that's true. But the trick in keeping a gratitude practice is to really focus on moments, experiences, things that have happened since the last time you did it that make life so beautiful, that make life worth living. And that literally retrains our brain to focus on those, finding those kind of moments. Cause you're like, well, I know I'm going to have to write this tomorrow. What's going good right now. Like that, um, you know, when you get a new car, like I, when we got our Honda Odyssey, all of a sudden you're on the road and you see yeah. Honda Odysseys everywhere, everywhere. And you're like, everyone has this car. No more people have the car than they did last week. Your brain is just thinking about it. Gratitude's the same way. When you yeah. start looking for those little moments, you start seeing them. And then the cool thing about that is when you do that daily or even most days, then you can look back and have this really beautiful little journal of things that your kids said, sunsets that you happened to catch, great cups of coffee you enjoyed with a friend, um, wins in your business, like personal um, 
you know, relationships you were able to pour into things that you did during your workout that you've never been able to do before. And so it, it literally gives you documentation of these beautiful moments and wins that you've stacked along the way, which is super cool to look back on years later. I love that tip. I find journaling to be so transformational and yet I don't take a lot of time for it. It's been really tricky for me. Like I tend to kind of stare at a blank page or just not even know where to start. So I love the idea of getting really specific with gratitude and just starting there. Yeah. And it's for me, it could be like one or two or three words. It's not like, and yesterday I saw the sunset and it was purple. Like whatever. The other thing that I do is I every day write what goals I'm working towards and Mm -hmm. I write them as if they've already happened. There's a lot of science behind that as well. If you're saying like someday I hope to, or I want to, or whatever, it literally tells your brain it's not important. I feel like I've said literally 25 times. Sorry, everyone. Um, Take a shot of water when, (laughs) Um, but when we say things like as if they were true in the future, our brain's like, okay, I don't have to worry about that today. But when we use present tense affirmations or goals, like I published a book or I am a calm and intentional mom, or I run half marathons, like whatever it is that you're working on, um, as if they're already true, your brain's like, okay, what are we going to do to make, to make this happen? Um, and so that's like the reason that I ran a half marathon. That's the reason I have a podcast. The first time I wrote, I'm a podcast host was like December 29th of 2020 or something like that. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Like so many of the things that I've written over the years have come true and some of them have changed. Like when I was still at the Y, I remember writing, uh, like I'm a nonprofit CEO. Well, I'm not a CEO of a nonprofit yet, but I'm technically the CEO of my business. Or like, I, I remember writing for months, like I am a YMCA, uh, trainer and speaker. That's like mostly true other than it's not just for the why I'm doing it for myself. So it's so cool how like that seed was planted and now has come true in a completely different way. So um, those are the two things that I think are really important from the journaling aspect. Let's see what else. Um, I think that movement can be really powerful in the morning. And I am, I have never been a person that likes moving in the morning. Like just in May on my way to my half marathon, I was like Marco pulling my friend, like, why does this have to start at 7.30? I hate running in the morning. (laughs) But especially now that I'm working from home, I would be like, oh, I'll do it at lunchtime. And then, you know, I'd have a podcast interview or a meeting, or I just wouldn't want to get up from what I was doing. And so then it would be like evening. And if I work out in the evening, especially with my kids around, it is not going to be super effective. So I have come to terms with the fact that morning movement is most effective for me. And I don't know, that's a personal preference, but I'm trying it. I'm trying to be a, I'm trying to be a girly who wakes up and puts on the the Peloton workout first thing. It's a work in progress. I I feel that deeply. I, that what you were saying about like I'll do it later. I'll do it at noon. I'll do it at four. I'll do that was my Monday and Tuesday, and both days I did get movement in. It was it was a bit phoned in, but it did happen. And then this morning I was like, I have like I have got to get to the gym. This is dumb. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm keep putting it off and putting it off. And when I go in the morning, I I did this exercise a couple of months ago, figuring out like what's a non negotiable for my days. And I realized the days that I move right away in the morning, I'm more productive. 
I have a better attitude. I sleep better that night. And I, mm-hmm. I'm just incredibly annoyed by that realization. <laughs> Doesn't it like hurt your own feelings when you know exactly what makes you feel good? And then it's like so hard. Yes. <laughs> like story of my life. And I think that uh, just another note to throw in there is movement doesn't have to be what anyone else says that it is. It doesn't have to be weightlifting if you hate lifting. It doesn't have to be running if you hate running. Like, but get up and do something, whether it's Pilates, whether it's stretching, whether it's going, going on a walk is like one of the best things you can do for your health. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yep. On the, on the days that I, you know, want to beat myself up because I didn't do a Peloton ride or because I didn't go to the gym. I follow this gal on Instagram who will do these videos and she has said before, like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but walking is movement. Walking mm-hmm. is like, yeah. you get congratulations. <laughs> yeah. And walking, like I've even, um, I try to remember that like workouts are important, but also the movement we do throughout the day actually matters yeah. more. So if I know that I'm going to be responding to Instagram messages or, you know, whatever it may be. I'll be like, Emily, stand up, go yes, outside, seriously. go outside for 10 minutes and answer that same message while pacing your driveway. <laughs> yep. It's so true. Yes, totally. Um, that is, I, I wonder if that's like a, a human thing or an Enneagram three thing or what, because I, I find myself being like, just one more email. I'm like, no, get up and walk to the bathroom and get a yes. drink of water. <laughs> oh my gosh. For real. Seriously. Um, And then the other thing that I think has just really been such a blessing to my life is reading in the morning. Um, and I like, that's when I, you know, dive into personal growth and whatnot. I think, you know, personal growth can mean a lot of different things right now. I'm currently reading a parenting book. And for me, that's like mega personal growth. Um, or whether it's like anything that you're interested in or that you want to learn more about, like any problem that you want to solve or an area that you feel like knowing more about it can be an asset to your life. I think even five or 10 pages of that in the morning, like just really sets me up for such a better mindset throughout the day. I don't know if, I don't know if that's five. I actually don't. (laughs) I lost count, but that's, that's what I do. That's what feels good. And then of course I'm doing it with, you know, a cup of iced coffee by my side because that's just how I roll. I think just having, you know, if, if you're just getting started and I would love to know how you feel about this too. But just having some sort of small ritual that feels good can be, mm-hmm. you know, at first that kind of motivation that mm-hmm. keeps you going. And I know for me on the days where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get up. The thing that gets me out of bed is I get to go have coffee now or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, like whatever that is for you. Um, sure. And that's fine. Like, that's great. Yeah. And I think you bring up such a good point there is so often, um, I imagine myself listening to something like this and we're like, okay, so I'm going to get up. I'm going to, I'm going to work out. She also said to journal, she said to read, you know, we insert ourselves into what has worked for someone else. And that's beautiful to get inspiration from someone. But if we, and this is true across the board, if we are trying to copy and paste someone else's goals, routine, expectations, life onto our own, that's when we fall out of alignment. And that's when things feel hard because we're doing something that's not meant for us. Um, and so I think one of the most powerful things in life and in habits is to do the hard thing and turn inward and figure out what do I actually want? And to be honest enough with yourself to know what do I need in this season? Not what college you needed, not what, um, early twenties of you needed, not what postpartum version of you needed or whatever. What do I need right now? And so often women will tell me, 
oh, the habits I'm working on, the habits on my tracker, they're just so simple. It's embarrassing. And I'm like, that's where you're at. And when you can stack those wins, when you can feel good about that, you can always build up to more, but you have to get the ball rolling somewhere. Going back to the, the motivation follows discipline, building the discipline with things that are actually attainable for you to do every day, get you a hundred times further than trying to take on this laundry list of things that feel impossible. That's when we burn out and we stop. Yeah, absolutely. And when I think back to all the times in my life that I have tried, it it was operating from a place of being totally out of alignment, of trying to do too much when I was, you know, too recently just had a baby or like in, mm-hmm. in a really difficult season when I was working multiple jobs. And, you know, mm-hmm. my, my life now looks so different than my life then. And I oftentimes was trying to do the exact same habits. It's like, well, mm-hmm. of course that wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that requires us to, like I said, do the hard thing and get honest with ourselves. Where am I at right now? Where do I want to be? And where's the baby step that I can start with tomorrow? Totally. Because if we try to take on the whole mountain today, we're inevitably going to stop. Yeah. (laughs) And that doesn't get us anywhere. Yes. I love this. I love this. Okay. So if people listening, myself included, are like, I want more, like, how do I, how do I do more with habits? You have a challenge. So let's hear about that. I do. And gosh, this is such like the, the through line between what I talk about in my habit challenge. So my habit challenge is called You Do You 82. Um, it actually came about after I had walked what I thought was going to be a few friends and family through a habit challenge at the end of 2020. It was the same one I had done in 2019. And I'm like, this really changed my life. Like, I'm going to do it again and see if some people want to do it with me. And it turned into several hundred people, right? Oh my gosh. Um, I know. And then in January, everyone's like, this is amazing. Like, let's keep going. And I'm like, truthfully, I mastered these habits like a year ago. I'm kind of sick of talking about them because they were very prescribed. So we started thinking about different things to do. We looked at some other challenges and nothing felt right. Um, Either it was too hard or it didn't apply to everyone's life. And like inclusivity is so important to me. Like I want to be in this together no matter where you're at. And so I created this challenge, like a light bulb moment in my office. Um, It's called UDU82 because at the time I was teaching group exercise classes And I would like demo a move and be like, okay, here's the squat, or you can modify it this way, or you can make it a little harder this way. Or if it doesn't feel good at all, just march in place. Like you do you, this is your workout. Okay. And then scientifically speaking, we know that when we're intentional with habits around the three month mark, it stops being so hard and just becomes a little bit more of who we are, which is why you see things like 75 hard and last 90 days. And so 82 happens to be like right in the middle of that. And it rhymes. Like I was a teacher. It sounds cool. Right. So yeah. So it started, uh, let's see, January of 2021 and, um, participants, primarily women are in my community, but a lot of husbands and kids have done it too. Um, but participants choose six habits to intentionally build or break for 82 days through the lens of progress over perfection. What I have found is there are so many opportunities where we can build different habits, but a lot of them expect us like hardcore, all or nothing. If you fail, if you miss one thing, you start over and basically you suck. And that can be super effective for um, the short term, but you also get addicted to that perfectionism. And a lot of people don't know how to not be perfect after that which then they do make a mistake. They spiral out and end up like 300 steps back from where they started. 
And so when it comes to habits, we're not just trying to do something drastically for the next three months. We want habits that follow with us for the rest of our life, right? We don't want to have to have to think so hard about it. And so when we can retrain our mindset, like I talked about in the very beginning of I'm going to give myself grace and I'm going to get a little bit better every day. And when something doesn't go according to plan, I am not going to jump off the wagon. (laughs) So somebody say like, I fall off the wagon. I'm just going to say, okay, how can I recommit to myself in the next hour, the next afternoon, the next day, whatever it may be. And I'm just going to stand back up and try again. And I am doing all of this to reach for the best version of myself, giving myself grace when life is crazy and recommitting. So we know that any ounce of progress is still probably more than you might have done otherwise. And that is worth celebrating. And that kind of, you know, that was like a personal philosophy for me, but I didn't realize how much continuously reinforcing that mindset was going to be life-changing for women who participate in this challenge. So many of them, like me, had been achievers or still do struggle with like perfectionism and just giving themselves that permission to, like I said, give themselves grace, try again and look at it from a more holistic, like, how am I building the life that I want through this approach versus like, I have to get the gold star or else I suck mentality. Um, And the habits can be related to anything. I actually have a journey through UDU 82 workbook. I can send you the link to like put in the show notes where people can download it. Totally free. It's brand new. I um, it's gorgeous. And it explains like the how and the why. And I have a, a page that lists a lot of examples of things that people have done in the past, but ultimately it can be anything. It can be related to health or wellness, um, you know, nutrition, movement. But I have a lot of people who even use this like to nurture their business or their personal relationships or even like keeping areas of the house tidy, things like that. Like we really look at a holistic approach of like, what do I feel like I want to be more accountable of to really do the things that I say I want to do? And I love that. I love that it's so different for everyone because we're all on totally different journeys. But the fact that we're doing this together still brings that community, that accountability, that aspect of, I know she's doing it, so I'm going to do it. And you know, we're going to work through this. Um, but at the same time, I know that I'm doing what I need for me, my family, our lifestyle. Um, and I'm working towards the things that are important to me. Yeah. So yeah, it's totally free. Anyone can start anytime. Um, I don't know when this is going to come out again, but I'm currently in the middle of a round. Um, A lot of my community is related to agriculture and we're in the thick of harvest. And when Mm -hmm. life is stressful is when we're the most likely to reach for things that are convenient, easy, comfortable. And so I'm really challenging our community to get intentional about taking care of themselves through the chaos of the season. Yes. I love that. I love that. Okay. So we'll put all of the links to these things in the show notes. Um, But Emily, how can people connect with you, follow you, all those things? Absolutely. So um, you'll have the link to UDU82 workbook. We have a Facebook group that goes along with that as well. I am at Emily Rushel on Instagram and Facebook. My podcast is called Gather in Growth. I just started a TikTok for Gather in Growth also. So that's a whole new world. Yeah. And my website is emilyrushel.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I loved this conversation. 
Thank you so much for listening to Take It Personally. If you're a regular listener, you might already know that some of the best conversations actually happen after the show. Head over to Facebook and search Take It Personally podcast to join our private Facebook group and join the conversation. We'll also put the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? This is the best way to let other people know about the show and help us to keep creating content you love. You can also head to takeitpersonallypodcast.com for all the show notes from today's episode and past episodes. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.